0: Hi, I'm Chris Damaris, and I'm Aaron Marquis, and you're listening to Bite. Bite. Yum.
1: evening and welcome to the Gaming Ma, everyone. I'm your host as always, Eamon Anderson, and joining to meet me tonight are two returning voices. Please welcome back friends of the show.
2: Uh, it's Adam Sellers here. Hello. Hi.
1: Hey. And over in this corner, we got uh, Mitchell Sink. I was on last episode. Exactly right. All right, guys. Well, uh, you guys been doing all right? You ready to start talking some
2: games today? Yeah. Awesome. I've been gaming a bit, so yeah.
1: All right, so before we get into our big topic today, uh, we're just going to go over some quick news stuff. Uh, so one of the things that I have found that popped up, uh, my manager actually texted me about it. Uh, we are putting up pre-orders for the Super Mario and Legend of Zelda lines for uh, the Amiibos coming out. So uh, there's, uh, Legend of Zelda, I believe, is coming out next spring, around the time the game is. Um, and then Super Mario is coming out this fall sometime. And
2: what exactly are those Amiibos?
1: Oh man, now now you're asking the real question. <laughs> uh, I know uh, the Legend of Zelda one, um you had like the Ocarina of Time Link. Uh, I think there was a Kid Link in there. It's nice. Uh there was another Zelda. Can't remember what the other one was off the top of my head. Um, it's like a
2: Ocarina of Time design Zelda?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Um so yeah, it, th- those are the ones that are going to be compatible with the new game where you can use like those skins, I believe. Mm. Um I know the Wolf uh, it's similar to how, like the Wolf Link amiibo. Uh, from the remaster of Twilight Princess, you can scan that in and get the wolf that follows you around or whatever. That's cool. Um, yeah,
0: I, I've never really been into Amiibos. How much do they like run your wallet? You know, <laughs> is it a little too much? Yeah, or? I
1: mean, they're, usually they're anywhere between uh, ten to fifteen, um, depending on certain things. But that's just sort of the retail value. Uh, before they were a little easier to come by. And before. The craze kind of died down a little bit. Um, Going aftermarket prices could be like as high as like sixty bucks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They never really uh, like amused me. That's because I never bought them. I I've been considering buying one just because now I have a Wii U and Smash.
1: They're actually really cool as just like collector statues, even yeah. if you're not using them. Like they're they're kind of neat and for like the ten fifteen bucks in them. Oh that's yeah, nice yeah it's, little desk. It, it's not terrible. Yeah, yeah, No, I've I've got all the Splatoon ones just because I'm like, hey, I like these. They're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, Splatoon. Absolutely. Um, so I know there's been a lot of questions about when those are coming out, when the pre-orders start, and they have finally started. So if you've been waiting for that, go out there, pre-order them, have fun. Um, big release for Sony next week. We've got the PS VRs finally coming out uh, and we've got some reviews have started to trickle out. And for the most part, it's kind of what we expected where it's like, yeah, there's some downfalls, but also it's like the cheapest VR on the market. That's actually a VR. Yeah. So, so I mean, some accessibility. Like every new VR that comes out there, they're like, well, we're cheaper than
0: the, the last one. Right. And, and yes. I think the VR hype has died down a lot. Really? You think to... so? I, I mean, um, it's practically just started. I mean... Maybe that's why the hype is down. (laughs) Well, I used the uh, developer's kit for the Oculus Rift. Um, My friend had one, and we used it all the time. And we could, I mean, we searched so hard for games. And, I mean, Mm. back then it was the coolest thing on earth. And now we're just like, well, maybe there's going to be something that stands out so much to us that it'll, it'll, it'll entertain us. but like it just doesn't amaze us right. as much as it should I guess. I mean, I mean maybe everyone else is super amazed yeah. to buy it but
1: I guess I'm not sure co- about the compatibility between uh like Oculus games and mm-hmm. uh, HTC Vive games um but I know Oculus is like almost dead in the water I believe. Um I think
2: one I think one of the reasons is because it's not exactly a uh, regular consumer friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean considering the specs you need for the PC yeah <laughs> like what is it like a 1070 minimum? I have no idea. For like an NVIDIA?
1: (laughs) I haven't haven't really looked at them. Uh, But yeah, I know um, they've come under fire recently with uh, one of their – one of the head programmers or something like that, Uh, one of the heads of the company, um, came out with – that he had been supporting um, Trump Uh, with funds and stuff and so a lot of developers have pulled support from them for that Um, obviously the oculus has kind of died down uh, after facebook's purchase of them back in the day Mm -hmm. Um, we just heard less and less of it and now with this recent stuff it's just sort of spiraling downward uh, for oculus but i think hcc vive has really picked up some of the slack there Mm -hmm. Um, i know there's a lot of excitement about that with its uh I don't think that it's not that one. I think Razer's making one that's going to be open source, if I remember correctly. And then uh, PSVR will definitely be a little bit more consumer friendly with both its price and it works with the console you already have.
2: I'm just so. waiting for those knockoff headsets, like yeah. th- like those cheapo companies sell at flea markets. Nyko, yeah. the, <laughs> ni-
1: the Nyko headset. Yeah, I, oh, I have we're seen gonna get some it- interesting stuff from Nyko about headsets, uh, mm. VR and stuff recently. <laughs> yeah, excuse yeah.
2: Me. yeah, we're going to have those knockoffs and they're just going to be Viewmasters.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but um yeah, I know nyko's putting out like uh this little wristwatch that uh kind of vibrates when you walk near these points that you can put down so that you know you don't run into your sofa or something. So you put down uh a little point next to your sofa so if you start going towards it it'll like vibrate and be like, Hey, stop walking that way. Hmm. Um so that's kinda cool.
2: It's not bad, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah, so it, it should be interesting. A lot of the reviews have kind of been like sevens, eights, and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, the re- resolution's not as great as the Vive, but it's like half the price of the Vive too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. what can you do? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested in getting it, it, that. I'm not sure if I'll get it right away, but I don't yeah. think I'm
2: ready for VR yet. Not sure. I'm just going to say I'm not ready for VR. I just got into multiple screening. I'm not ready for VR.
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I'll get VR when it's like th- the norm and not okay. I want to get some more games uh, yeah. going for it when, when it becomes costing the next thing. A month thing. and a half of you know income. So. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: that's usually what I do, for all reasons. Yeah,
1: no, I, I I can get behind that. I can get behind that for sure, guys. <laughs> uh, but the last little thing was uh, one of Sony's um, exclusive titles that are going to be coming out uh, was going to be coming out this December. Um, Gravity Rush has been pushed back to early next year so sad face for me no one else really cares but uh so we're gonna go ahead and get into our big stuff tonight guys uh we're looking at storytelling today um this was originally supposed to be a two-part episode it might still be a two-part episode i don't know if i'll try to again next week maybe to do the first part uh but this was originally part two so With storytelling, um, I went ahead and split it up into some categories. Uh, This episode is going to be about unique versions of storytelling. What I mean by that is stuff that's kind of unique to video games as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the other episode would have been about stuff that was borrowed from other mediums to help strengthen uh, video games, which is normal. That happens with all mediums. Um, but, uh, gameplay and choice are the two things we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're, we're going to go into gameplay first. Um, so just some basic knowledge here. Uh, gameplay is just referring to mechanics that are within the game. Um, whether that's like crafting or even if it's just shooting somebody in the face, um, leveling systems and stuff like that, where you're having to keep track of your, uh, your dexterity and all that stuff. Uh, all that is about the gameplay so keep that in mind while going forward um but on the whole what do you guys think makes good gameplay like when, when you sit down and you start playing a game you're like oh yeah this game feels good i really like its gameplay what is it What what is it that stands out to you i
0: think something that makes you think definitely mm-hmm. it like if you've ever played amnesia the dark descent sure um you know the enemy's there, but you basically are. Con- you have to convince yourself by lowering your insanity mm-hmm. to make sure the enemy's not there. But it's obviously there. So awesome. basically, you see the enemy, you have to hide from the enemy, and then convince yourself that it was never there by lowering your insanity. Like, and
2: convince your character. Yeah, convince your character that okay. it was never there. So
1: is there like an in- insanity meter or something?
0: Yeah, there's... Because like? um, I haven't played it. So. Uh, basically, you just see a picture of your brain and cripples the more and more insane you are. So. Awesome. Awesome. It's pretty, cool. pretty weird.
2: I think I'd be more insane if I could see my own brain than if I could see a monster.
1: Right, that, that would be a serious problem. But no, that <laughs> definitely a reminds bit. me of an uh, older game on the GameCube. Uh, yeah, Eternal Darkness, uh, oh, Sanity's yeah. Requiem. Very similar sort of experience. Uh, <laughs>
2: I never play it, but I've heard stories. Oh, yeah.
1: It, it was really infamous for just like messing with you um, to the point of pretending to like shut off your console and, um, and stuff like that. Just, sometimes you would boot up the game, and it would actually... Uh, Tried to tell you that there was no game save. Oh, but it was just like no, <laughs> that's, it's that's gone. That's I don't cruel. know where it went. Yeah, no, it's like that's just mean. Why would you do that? Uh, uh, nowadays,
2: <laughs> nowadays if that happened, I'd just be like, "Developer screwed up again." I
1: can't believe another bug. It's
2: like, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure back then it would be like, "These guys are evil."
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, that is definitely an interesting way to do it. Did they do anything in Amnesia where they started messing with the control schemes when you got further into...
0: Uh, other than just, not necessarily control schemes, you really had to focus on, like, what paths Mm -hmm. still existed, especially, like, you could possibly destroy a path that you came from. Okay. And then you'd have to find a new path within 10 seconds of getting somewhere else, because... It's just a sense of urgency with the right. monster coming out, and it is absolutely horrifying, and it makes you think like crazy, because okay. there are puzzles and stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. usually in games, they separate the puzzles alongside other forms of gameplay, but mm-hmm. sometimes you'll be in the middle of a puzzle, and the monster will just come out, and you'll have you'll have to, you'll have to think yeah. of something to do, something to awesome. do, to run, and then continue the puzzle minutes later mm-hmm. while horrified for your life yeah no
1: Amnesia's <laughs> always been one i've wanted to check out uh, it's, it's you definitely should it's wonderful yeah. uh, no, i know i particularly love the horror type stuff uh, mm. i just wish i had a pc to play on. <laughs>
2: i'd rec i'd recommend play with the lights off and play alone because i made that mistake first time i played it i played it with lights on with a friend and we were just like doing some conversation while we were doing it so it wasn't exactly as scary i was just like where do i go what is this oh hey look at that thing right yeah, yeah, it's you, that, you, you It's definitely one of those to... games you have to experience, not just sure. play.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and that—that's kind of what I'm getting from what you're saying there too, where it's uh, it's very much trying to make you feel like you know you're you're, you're scrambling to try to mm-hmm. find this, uh, like somebody who might have an amnesia, um, that you know you're you're scrambling to find these answers and the stuff like that, and that, that's definitely a really cool way. To convey story elements with that gameplay, uh, for sure. Um, but uh, what what about you, man?
2: Uh, gameplay, yeah. I I actually had to recently think about this because I'm like, what is good gameplay? What is the defining theme that defines it as good for me? Right. If I had to think of one, it would be when I when I do when I press a button when I hit a key, I'm doing something, and I'm doing like doing something, and that doing something basically is kind of like cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. Okay.
1: So, so yeah, like, you're, you're looking for very much um, a, uh action-reaction sort of.
2: Kind of. like, and It doesn't have to be like an action game. It just has to be like a game where it's like you do something and then, you know, you get you get feedback. Sure. Like you're not just walking around doing nothing. You're not in menus trying to figure out something. Right. A- and that's, the way, that's one of those things that I feel like really bars a lot of games for me is like, menus and figuring out how to, how the game works before you can actually properly play it. Right. One of the reasons I can't get into Crusader Kings 2, gotcha. which is a game I always wanted to play because I'm like, everyone says it's good, and then I get in and I'm like, I don't know how this works. I'm too lazy to do a tutorial. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think uh, RTSs as a whole kind of uh, get a little difficult sometimes with that yeah. sort of gameplay that you're talking about. And, and I'm sure
2: if I ever got into one of those, it'd be fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Um but what about stuff like um say let's see, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare? Um the infamous press A to p- pay
2: respects. Press F to p- or yeah, the, or yeah, or press, pre- f- press F or whatever, whatever uh, yeah, it is. A bunch of PC yeah. people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, um That so, that just feels kind of forced in. Okay. So uh, this, Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. A, it's the only thing you can do. Like, okay. There's no so, strategy to pressing F. So
1: it's K's not just back. pressing a button and getting a reaction. Yeah. it's I mean, when, having uh, options. Between I mean, when
2: Metal Gear Solid Three did it, it was great. When that game did it, it just felt weird. That's what, <laughs> that's right? what I'll
1: say. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah. So are are quick time events something that um, that you you care for in that way? Cause I'm I'm
2: very neutral on that subject. Okay. They do it good sometimes. They do it bad sometimes. Absolutely. Resident Evil Four. They didn't do it well. 'Cause they just put it in the middle of the cutscene.
0: Right. Sometimes games are either way too easy on quick time events or extremely challenging to the point where yeah. Yeah. you have no idea how you're gonna do it. Right.
2: I think no. I think quick time events should come like when it's actiony and when you have enough time to actually react to it. hmm And that's like the only time you should ever do it. Sure. When you are ready to play a game and not like sit sit back and like relax, like do some backtracking or watch a cutscene. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta be ready for that, absolutely. Because it's cause it's like action-react, because it's like a reaction, fight or flight sort of thing.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, but uh, so, how how do, are these gameplay elements that we're talking about? How how exactly do they they li- can they line up with the story? I guess. So I know we talked about amnesia. That was an awesome awesome way to put it. But uh, what other sort of games, I guess, have you guys played where? That gameplay element, uh, like, that crafting system really made sense with this game because I was, like, playing as an engineer or something like that. Um, was there something that struck out to you guys in that
2: way? Uh, I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, action, you know, the action-reaction stuff. When you play a game, you want to do something. And when it comes to gameplay and story, you know, usually in a story, there's a main character who's doing something. And the best way to tie that together is to make you do that thing that the person is doing. Mm-hmm. And what, and also kind of what they're feeling, right?
1: But like, say if you're playing as a dentist or something, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you can and make it fun. You automatically pick up a gun and start shooting people. Does that make a whole lot of sense?
2: No, because it's not a dentist game then.
1: Right. Yeah, it doesn't make it. Why am I a dentist? You know exactly. So w- when you're trying to line up that gameplay and story with uh, even just your main character, there yeah, there can be definitely some interesting things you have to take into account Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean how many of the games that we've seen are like a reporter gets into a situation and suddenly they're an action hero Mm -hmm. like what's going on there
2: that just sounds like a bad 90s action movie (laughs) yeah right
1: (laughs) Keanu Reeves (laughs) oh man you got me going Um, but what
0: what about you man but uh, um, I don't know if you guys will completely uh, go along with understanding this that's fine um, it's what we're here for man if you've ever played like Guild Wars or Guild Wars Two, okay, um, on um, PC, I haven't, but I'm familiar. Well, um, I mean, obviously, crafting everything's gonna be crafted differently with random, you know, assets to how much damage and stuff they do. Mm-hmm. But that stuff doesn't really matter. It's throughout the game you can you choose like what race you are, and that depends like that changes your whole story just on that race. Okay. and inside that race, you can choose certain options that just build off more trees. And, like, those, like, choices on just actually building your story, not let alone, like, the choices themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just the late game, it changes it completely, and it's so much fun. Awesome. And you actually, like, feel like you can play six different games if you... Right, yeah, you, you yeah. have that breadth.
2: Yeah. So yeah. so what you're saying is, is that the character sort of creation goes so in-depth that you can alter the storyline. Yes. Mm-hmm. And...
0: Hmm, how exactly do i sc- describe this um you can just sorry um no, you no, can no. um nah, sorry you lost it yeah i lost it <laughs> it, right, it was all, all right. there in my mind like going <laughs> yeah, around yeah, no, weaving all, together
1: good. um no what uh what comes to mind for me for the uh I, I think Dragon Age is another one that really does that pretty well. Yeah, that's um, the
2: thing that yeah. came into my head when you mentioned like make a character, make a race, and make a story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, and the, the they've at least for the first one and the third one, anyway. The you were locked into a, a human as the, se- mm-hmm. the second one, but uh, with those two, you know, you you got to pick kind of your origin, not only your race, but like kind of where your character starts off. You might be an elf, but are you a elf that skips through the forest, or are you a slave city elf? um or are you a mage and so all of that ends up changing um the beginning obviously of the game but then just tiny little aspects throughout like you know you might be in the middle of uh, a big human noble meeting or something like that and if you're playing as an elf they might not even like talk to you because you're low cast basically (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that was always something that interested me in that way. So it might be a little bit more dynamic in yeah. Guild Wars. It sounds like, uh, whereas it's a little more passive in Dragon Age. Um, but another one that uh, that really has a lot of character creation, a lot of races you can pick from, or is uh, traditionally the Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. series. Uh, do you guys think that does a really good job in that sort of area, or
2: like maybe not in the same sense that we were talking about? Like you build your character and race and backstory, mm-hmm. and that and that overall affects the main story. Because I remember in Skyrim, there was, like, this whole, like, subplot of racism towards, I think, Dark Elves. Mm-hmm. It's like, you go into yeah, the one city, like and they're like, you Dark yeah. Elves. And I, Gross. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I ever got there as a Dark Elf. So, yeah. I, want, so I, I want to know how it would change. But, assuming it's Skyrim, I don't think it would have changed that much.
0: Yeah, okay. like, especially in Skyrim, um, basically, race just, I think, it just changes how, where and how you're discriminated against. <laughs> yeah, okay, <'Cause laughs> sure. Like, Basically, if you're a Khajiit, the cat people known for being thieves, you just get called out for being a thief if you're just walking down the street. And okay. you're just like, I'm sitting here in fully-fledged dragon armor with a six-foot sword. Do you really want to call me a thief? Mm-hmm. And it's just a guy, like, selling cabbages or whatever. Like, right. That's so is really that- the extent of, other than, like, right. actions and gameplay, like, you can swim faster or you have more health. Mm-hmm. That's really all I feel that race does in Skyrim, well, Skyrim at least. Okay,
1: so it's mostly just like it plays a different sound bite when you walk into an yeah. area sort of mm-hmm. deal. It's not anything that's overly interesting. No, or. They, no, sure it's not, that no, it's not
2: like they're going to tax a high or anything. Right. Um, That'd be interesting, though. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I mean, one of the, my favorite things about uh, the Dragon Age series, uh, in Inquisition, if you're playing as a Canari. Uh, And you go into the – there's this big ball halfway through that you have to go into. And uh, it's this big dance with all these nobles and stuff, and you're vying for the court approval. Um, But the court, uh, which is supposed to be like a French court sort of thing, they think you're basically a beast if you're a canary. Like when you go up to them and start talking, they're like, I didn't even know you could talk. Like, Like that sort of level of it, uh, So, whereas you might have, uh, if you played as a human, it might be a little easier to gain the trust of some mm-hmm. of the council members and stuff. If you're playing a canary it is a uphill battle the entire way through the game. Um, so, yeah, I, that's something I thought was really cool. And there's a, a few other little instances of that in Dragon Age. Um, but it's never anything I really saw with uh, Skyrim or uh, Oblivion.
2: Yeah, all the races in that game aren't, aren't for story reasons. They're just for stat reasons and character building.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: Like, the character is always just a blank slate when you make it. And all that you change is, like, it's appearance and what stats it's good mm-hmm. in. It never really amounted to the story. Which isn't a bad thing. But, you know, in an RPG, it's more than favorable to, you know, kind of have some inclusion to that.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah.
2: That's why I like tabletop RPGs, because you can just make everything about it.
0: I um, I kind of see why Skyrim made it so you know, you everyone's every race starts out at the same way mm-hmm. and um, because about a couple months ago I started playing World of Warcraft and I was like, I'm gonna be Pandaren and, and it was probably one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life because I was sitting there for three or four hours in the panda starting place where you cannot leave until you finish all the quests there. And every other race, you oh can do whatever you want when you start the game. Other than that one, so all my friends are sitting there That's running good. around together. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there on a giant turtle in the ocean, and I can't do anything Nothing. other than I'm not wild savvy meditating and stealing carrots. So mm-hmm.
2: I'm not WoW savvy. Is that like a special race or something?
0: Um, it was introduced. Um, I'm not wild savvy either. My friend convinced me to buy it. Um, I know it was introduced, uh, 2012 yeah. or maybe is, is sometime that, is, around. Is then? that
2: the Panda expansion pack? Yeah, yeah. The, that um, I see everywhere. The mists, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, the yeah. mist of Pandaria. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other th- like it was a big hype back then, but everybody hates them now. Yeah, they, no, they are controversial. They are really the fine.
1: lowest tier of citizen in the
0: war- Warcraft community. Like,
2: it's well, like yeah. oh, you're a panda.
1: <laughs> well, the cool thing about Warcraft is. Uh, it gets to be a little bit more free with that because it's not going to have something like Skyrim or Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. as a predetermined structure. Whereas as you're talking about this, like people don't like the panda because they didn't like the panda expansion yeah. or, or something like that. So it's, you know, all of these are people in the world are players. So it's all of these players making this decision to collectively hate the pandas. So, like, <laughs> it, it's a little. It's definitely interesting, and it's mm-hmm. pretty cool, and I don't know if that's really reflected in the lore of World of Warcraft. Again, I'm not... I, I don't, I don't think either. so. I don't think I don't everyone think in either. the World of Warcraft, like, the
0: Warcraft dimension, right. like, hates pandas. I think it's just... There's not a lore book somewhere that says, and we all hated the pandas. Yeah, the people yeah. tapping into the system, you know, right. they're the ones that hate, are hate the, hating the
1: pandas. Absolutely. But, I mean, they have valid reasons, so... Do you, do you guys think that, um, I know we talked about like the more role-playing experience, trying to be a little bit more D&D um, and stuff, do you think uh, the lack of, I don't know how to say it, uh, the lack of response, I guess, within the game of uh, choosing a certain race or something, or even a uh, gender or something like that, um, when that decision is in the game, doesn't that place a certain amount of expectation that that is going to change something? Um, like, is that sloppy game design at that point?
2: Like, are you trying to say that the character you make in an RPG mm-hmm. won't really affect anything until you actually start making decisions with that character? Uh,
1: I, I guess I just mean that if the world's not going to react differently to what gender or race or whatever you're playing as, then yeah, why I, I does it matter that the choice is
0: Like, there? if you choose male or female, like, say, stereotypically the male's gonna be have higher strength stats or something and it's obviously the dominant choice to choose him. But like mm-hmm. like making it so it actually changes something. But like in World of Warcraft it's basically it doesn't matter on race. It just matters on what class you choose. Right. So I think it's o I don't think it's sloppy game design, especially in games like that or Skyrim, because sure. um I think it's good to have people like play as the character they want to be like look definitely looks Mm -hmm. like um give them a lot of customization that's what that's what i say like if you have three different like options to look like instead of millions of like randomly generated ones or ones that you can make i'd rather have the random millions than the three Mm -hmm. that look amazing Yeah. yeah
2: sure uh i'll say this uh it, you know in the fall games, there are like perks for characters definitely, and yeah. what's kinda neat is that there are gender specific perks, even if they are the same in the end, like if you pick a lady, you can pick like the black widow, which means like you're better against men or you can be or like men can do the same cool. for women and the same sex, sure, but like that's about it for like building a character like appearance and gender wise that's about it for like characters and you know specific traits, okay like you know. Race doesn't affect anything. Like the size of your face doesn't affect anything.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. No, I, that's that's awesome for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it I, what we end up getting to is: is it necessary for the gameplay to line up with the story? Is good gameplay gameplay that ultimately lines up with the story of the game?
2: It can. I'm it not. Can't. I'm not saying it always does, mm-hmm. but you know, it's better if you did. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I think that, that that's definitely it helps strengthen it. But if you have a gameplay mechanic like I was saying with, with uh, you know, you get to choose your race at the beginning. If that's not really going to affect anything, why do you have the choice in there? Ultimate, why do you have that gameplay?
2: Ultimately, I think that a uh, good good gameplay is good gameplay. And but like if a story doesn't match up with the gameplay, or if like gameplay doesn't match up with the story, then uh, like what are you losing? I think mostly is the story. Or, like, the themes of the story. Like, let's say you have a horror game and it's trying to, like, be actually scary. But you had so many action elements to it that it kind of stops being scary. Sure. Oh, y- you know, like, the Dead Halo. Space
1: sequels. Yeah, De- Dead Space 2 definitely started the, falling into that a little mi- bit.
2: Kind of the Resident Evils too? <laughs>
1: kind of? Yeah. Though uh, I don't know yeah, I don't
2: know they they if that's just because they weren't as good
1: they're definitely the kind of poster child for turning into an action game. Uh, yeah, definitely.
2: Um, it's not a bad thing. Resident Evil 4 is good. Yeah, Resident Evil and, and that was 4. Like, and, I, and that was like, I think most people say it was the big turning point.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's That's usually like, Resident Evil 4 is good. Anything after that, not so much.
2: <laughs> and every, everything after Resident Evil 4 that carried a number was not as good. Right. Uh, is what I think is the main consensus until something comes out and we can just reinforce that consensus.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, you, so stay with me here on this. Yeah, segment. no. It's kind of Go stretch. For it. Go ahead. So, um, gameplay lining up with story. Mm-hmm. I think that one game that does it phenomenally is Metal Gear Solid 2. Absolutely. I oh, love well, that game.
1: It's almost pick your Metal Gear Solid, yes. but yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. absolutely. It's,
0: well, yeah. <laughs> it's basically. Um, you're given not necessarily options. It doesn't necess- mm-hmm. it doesn't hit you right in the... Like, put it right in your face. It's like, hey, you got to choose this or this. Throughout the whole game, you're given the option whether to sneak or straight up just kill everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's
2: usually the hardest one, though. Yeah. Yep. Violence <laughs> uh, ghost. Yep.
0: And how I see it is there's so many gameplay mechanics that make it so both parties, if you want to go kill crazy or if you want to sneak around or if you want to mix the both mm-hmm. it allows that so um in this game you can when you want to shoot you know if you want to shoot more precisely you can go into first person as opposed to the generic yeah. third person to aim at specific targets instead of just having an auto aim in third person and i think that like that type <laughs> of gameplay mixes with the kind of confusing but really good story of the game sure yeah. and it i'd say like both lines are just on top of each other kind of all the way through. And mm-hmm. the, and nowhere in that game do I did I feel that, like, gameplay was greater than story or story was greater than gameplay. I think they both were evenly great throughout the whole game. Yeah, hand, mm-hmm. hand, in, yeah. hand in hand. Hand in hand. hand. Yeah,
1: ex- absolutely.
2: I kind of feel the opposite. Like, they're both great. I think both elements are great, but I never really saw them, like, in the same light. Like, when I think of Metal Gear, I usually, like, think of either story or gameplay. Like, never the two combined.
1: Oh man, that's uh, that's one of my favorite things about Metal Gear. <laughs> I don't know, it's I never felt hurting it. Me.
2: I'm sorry, I never felt uh, it. It's okay, it's but, okay. But I mean like they're great though. I, I think Metal Gear Solid 3 had like really great gameplay and also a really great story, but like when I think about those elements they never really crisscross to me.
1: Sure. Well, it was one of the things that I actually like to take it one back usually uh, to the original the Metal Gear Solid on the mm-hmm. PlayStation 1. Yeah. Um it did an excellent job of what some horror games did at the time as well, um, that it utilized the limited nature of the controller and the lack of analog sticks originally and stuff to make certain aspects of the gameplay clumsy so that you would steer away from them. So, for instance, um, a lot of the aiming stuff in the first game, really difficult to do with just a D-pad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so, they definitely encourage you, like, don't whip out your gum and start shooting people all the time because first of all you're not going to last very long second of all <laughs> it's not easy to do so don't do it um and uh, that was so that was always a really cool way for them to do it and then in metal gear solid 2 uh they actually used the better controller that the ps2 had, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh they like you might pull out your pistol you might go into the first person mode but you better be ready to take that shot because if you've pressed down the button and you're aiming, because that's what you had to do to aim, mm-hmm. if you decide to cancel that shot, do you remember what you had to do?
2: Uh, it's been a while.
1: They they used the pressure-sensitive buttons in there that you had to do a soft release. You had to oh, j- yeah. release oh. the button. Because then you Jeez. have to hold it down and it pulls it out yeah, it pull- That's what pulls it up with the that, laser sight. Oh, I remember it now. It is such yeah. a cool feature. Like, I love that.
2: That wow. game was messed up, and it also, <laughs> and it also messed me up. <laughs>
1: yeah Yeah, right at the end of it you're like what just happened at the end Uh, of it you're uh, just uh, fighting with
2: swords against dr octopus (laughs) what's going on
1: yeah
0: and i like how um they made some parts like with enemies extremely hard if you want to just go run and gun Mm -hmm. but i'm i like how they make it hard because people who not necessarily are completionists but they like a challenge you know Mm -hmm. they'll sit there and do that thing 20 times over constantly dying until they finally figure, figure out, out. the <laughs> best way to do it and then in the end they'll just like pause it set the controller down and just like just just let it all sink in that they did it you know yeah that like totally describes crowd. how I
2: play it sometimes but you, you know you know something that I just kind of realized Melgar Solid is also that kind of series that evolved from like its base game to more of an action series
1: yeah well Kind of. I, I the new one, the newest one, the, no, Metal Gear Solid Five, is definitely a lot more. I, I think just general action adventure game, yeah. yeah. Um, than some of the other ones. Have.
2: I, I feel like Four kind of tried to do action or like it tried to implement the pos- like the option of doing some more actiony things. Maybe not as well as later games would uh, would let it do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's saw that stealth option, but there's also you know the fire your big old blazing guns. Especially, you know, since there was a store system where you can buy the guns, which I thought was kind of weird, but, you so know.
1: It, 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 is there something in the story that you would think um, that there would be a reason for why they changed the gameplay from a more stealth-based, less uh, non-lethal sort of thing to... I know Metal
2: Gear Solid 4 try to make it a bit more gritty and, like, kind of depressing. Oh, yeah. A- and, and it also, like, said it, at least in the first part, in the Middle East, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's expected to be a Very lot of explosions. Timely. Also, yeah. you know, <laughs> the geck. The gecks or the geckos, mm-hmm. I said gecks because it's a gaming Fallout, you know. But yeah, yeah th- those geckos are just like big old walkers. Oh yeah, like you can't really kill them easily with stealth. You gotta like take them down with like a rocket launcher or something.
1: But when when it comes to Metal Gear Solid Five, I mean, you go from you know having a to softly release the button to not fire your gun to the, if you get spotted, time slows down so that you can shoot them in the face before anything happens. Like that's a pretty stark difference between Metal Gear Solid Two and Metal Gear Solid Five.
2: That and another thing, the plot got wackier. Oh
1: well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like like just like happens. the like
2: you know we went from like you know cold, we we went from like oh. you know Cold War and stuff to like you know guys that are just on fire. Well,
1: you know, I mean. <laughs> It, it, there there's some wacky stuff in Metal Gear Solid 2 i'm not going to lie there is some oh, yeah. weird stuff fat yeah, that man, really comes, to no fat man <laughs> comes to mind really has no explanation fat
2: the man comes to mind the vampire fat
1: man uh fate is another one that a uh, vamp yeah all vamp, the all vamp the, vamp the villains
2: from metal gear solid 2 were so They're weird
1: ridiculous. some of them are like inhuman <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no straight it's like, up. that doesn't even make sense <laughs> <laughs> metal gear solid
2: metal gear solid one has, had some suspension of disbelief oh yeah but I mean, because like most of them were like just kind of human with some, you know, special power... I mean, special ab- abilities, not powers. Mm-hmm. Metal Solid 2 just went, like, you know, powers. And then 3 went even wackier. And then 4... I'm trying to think, like... Maybe they... Ca- they definitely gave them a more, like... I don't know. Broken sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we are so damaged.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you even have the old man snake mm-hmm. stuff where, like, you couldn't run for a certain amount of time. You had yeah. to, like, go take a breather for a moment.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's... And and speaking of like gameplay and story going back to that is uh, I love how Metal Gear Solid 4 does it like mm-hmm. you know Mel- old snake is old and then like, you like get to scenes especially near the end where it's like the microwave tunnel where it's like kind of a struggle and then like the final fist fight right. is like poom poom every punch does it and since you're like old and weak and breaking down and dying it you just can feels see the Yeah, it feels a bit more solid like absolutely poo.
1: Metal Gear solid even um, <laughs>
2: metal Gear, this hey this truly is a metal gear solid for <laughs> guns of the patriots
1: yeah um but no i mean uh, when, when you think about the overall structure of like who who you're playing as where we are in the timeline and everything with mm-hmm. metal gear um is there a reason why raiden and solid snake play a little more i guess non-lethal as opposed to big boss
2: hey raiden was definitely lethal
1: I mean, it was, sure, he he definitely could, but it's still a game. Have that you played Rising Revenge? Oh my gosh. I'm not talking about that one. That's not a solid game, sir. I, w- <laughs> I I was
2: trying to avoid it, but I had to bring it up. <sighs> just had to. Um and then no, at the end he gets mean, a sword.
1: It's just that I mean you're playing as the bad guy. In in mm-hmm. the fifth one, so of course he's gonna be the guy who takes the headshot at like at mm-hmm. a moment's mm-hmm. notice. He's just gonna be like gotcha. I
2: love the sword message of pacifism That like the games up to Metal Gear Sword 4 had You know y- you didn't have to kill anyone in those games
1: But you did You jerk How
2: could <laughs> you? I, I did the first time okay I eventually got it down where I could only use the tranks And like you know choke him mm-hmm. and, and then you know I played Rising of Vengeance And all I could do was slash him into tiny little <laughs> Chunky salsa bits Yeah
1: <laughs> for sure um. So uh, definitely, uh, we, we've we talked about Metal Gear uh, quite a bit now. Um, yeah. With uh, taking into account some of the story, uh, both dialogue and all that stuff, and then also what you feel with the gameplay, um, how do you feel about the general consensus that a lot of people seem to have um, about the fact that Metal Gear is a power trip series and that it's you're you're a power fantasy you're trying to be the action hero of an 80s action flick like how do you feel about that is that is that something that you think the series really tries to go for
2: uh oh sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah go for it. maybe like we'll start over kind of like i feel like it took a dip in the middle though because like you had saw 3 and like by the end your actions kind of felt like a bit you know Not good, not righteous, because you realize what you've been doing.
1: Well, yeah, and you're playing as the original final boss character in that game.
2: Yeah, his his backstory is basically him breaking down to be a villain. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kind of.
0: What do you think, man? Um, I really think it's... I mean, I feel like they do play it like that to make you feel like the action hero. Right. But also... You feel what the na- the action hero feels in like the movies and stuff because mm-hmm. there's times where you feel like you're high on life. This is the this is awesome. This is, this is really super cool. cool. And then you know you you befriend a character, you love the character, and then they die soon yeah. after. And, and you just it hits you so hard. I th- absolutely. Yeah. That's and why I
2: feel like saw is like the deconstruction of like power dream. Like yeah, power absolutely. dreams because like. You you are that hero, but also you have to face the consequences of being that hero.
1: Yeah, it, it's something where it's like, oh, you know, being uh, being Snake Pliskin from uh, Escape New York, it would be really yeah. cool and all. Except, yeah, here's all the different mental disorders he would have if he actually did those things. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. like it's, it's like you
2: put John it's like you put John McClane in a more dangerous and serious mm-hmm. situation. For sure. Like this is actually what's happening. This is this is what actually what would happen. You know, this will affect more than just you.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that, I, I'm glad you guys seem, I seem to be kind of on that page, too, because every time I hear somebody like, oh, yeah, you know, it's such a power fantasy. It's like a, just like being in an action movie. And the, stuff. I'm like, they probably
2: didn't even play Metal Gear Solid. They probably like, just yeah, played yeah, Smash. Play the same game? They probably just played Smash Bros. And, you know, Snake had all those explosives <laughs> because you can't put guns in a, like a Smash Bros. game. So, you know, they just gave him yeah. explosives and everyone was like, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh w- what are some of the games that uh y- you feel had gameplay that didn't really line up though like oh was there ever a game that you played and you like there was an instance of gameplay like why is this crafting system here this doesn't make sense or why why am i like shooting people all the time i'm in the middle of a survival horror game and i'm trying to stay quiet and hide from the monster why am i firing off these loud poppers like what wh- what am i doing
2: I think I I don't know I think I think it's kind of weird when you make like, uh one of, one of the things I think of is like GTA 4, where like you got Nico Bellic, one of the more respectable heroes from the GTA series, like you see he seems like a nice guy who like wants to settle down, but you know he gets caught up in all this stuff, and then when you get to like the sandbox element, you can just cause havoc everywhere. It kind of feels out of character, mm-hmm. which yeah, is kind of weird. Yeah, I
0: feel that too because. Especially with GTA. I mean, the story's pretty good. But also, in between missions, you can go and kill half the population right. of the city and it won't phase the story at all. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Michael just wants to settle down, but first he has to hijack a helicopter from the army base <laughs> and, th- and then shoot up a 7
1: yeah, Eleven. Fly across the city, blow up a gas station, and crash it in the middle
2: of. And then you get five stars immediately.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, one that. Um, oh, let's see now i you see i had one before i got in here i should have written it down um yeah i mean even like dead space 2 i guess well like mm-hmm. we were talking about like the first one you have these weapons but none of them are like they're good for different scenarios and stuff but none of them are like super great for all scenarios um the like the, the your basic weapon is probably the one that's the most universally good one mm-hmm. um but in in the second game they give you stuff like the javelin gun, <laughs> which I don't know if you've actually played that game, but that turned the rest of the game into a cakewalk. Yeah. Um, you just uh, you you would launch the javelin at somebody, and then there was something where you could uh, electrocute uh, from the center of the javelin to mm-hmm. ar- and arc it out to everyone else, and it just like everything, <laughs> and it was done. Um, and then the third game had the crafting system, which was really cool. Uh, going into it, I was really excited for that because we've been playing an engineer all this time. Now mm. I actually get to be an engineer and make <laughs> a weapon. Awesome. But what ended up happening was the same thing that happens whenever you have a crafting system, which is you make the ultimate weapon and you use nothing but that weapon, and it's the rest of the game is easy. Like... So uh, on one hand, I kind of appreciate now why they didn't go for a crafting system mm-hmm. initially because I feel like that was a, something that came up. And they are like, oh, you should craft these weapons from these different machines and stuff. And they're like, how about we just give them to him so that he can't like be overpowered? Um, but yeah. So I, I think that's definitely something that um, needs to be watched out for because I, I don't know if there's anything that kills a game faster for me than stuff being out of sync. If you have gameplay that isn't lining up with what you're trying to tell me in your story, like I'm just not going to care.
2: Yeah, I feel like Fallout 4 has like three main conflicts for me when it comes to like the feel of the game, what it's trying to accomplish. And first off, there's like the post-apocalyptic setting, which I don't think it does really well because, because like like the old games it, it was everything was like muddy and there was like the like green skies and everything, brown skies sometimes. And in this game it's like a bright blue sky and you got like all, some more vegetation than in the previous games, yeah. And then there's the second part, which is like the story, which is kind of trying to be pretty dramatic. It's like I gotta find my son, I gotta find the killer, I gotta go do this and do that. But like you know, and and then it conflicts with like the third thing, which is mm-hmm. the like the gameplay, which I feels like trying to be a bit more just kind of fun, right? You know, you get the power armor early, you get like a crafting system where you get to. Fix up a bunch of weapons and stuff it just really it's just really conflicting with me right. like it can't just settle with one thing it has to be all these things
1: mm-hmm. Was there another one that came to
0: mind for you man? um well, I'm thinking along the lines of him <laughs> again okay, sure with fallout. fallout um i I think the gameplay is in like the radiation and all that stuff it being post- apocalyptic uh, the apocalyptic, they don't do it very well. I, even though it's their whole sure.
2: game right it's like i mean you
1: literally made the
2: setting use yeah, it yeah like i do want a game where you actually turn to a mutant
1: that'd be <laughs> actually really really awesome <laughs> yeah um
0: but like you know the radiation y- you're given the option early on to buy a radiation suit from the people in um diamond city but mm-hmm. you're like I, I have no use for that when am i ever going to use that if i step in a radiated puddle Back out and go around it, it. Right, it's not. I'm missing three health. What a shame! <laughs> oh, and no. and then, like until they force you to buy it and you use it, or the power armor or whatever, for the one mission where you go into this place where it's just radiation, nothing else, and everything is super hard to kill. And that's it. That's like it's, mainly the only time you the use. It's thirty ra- minutes that yeah. you're in that it's room. The thirty minutes mm-hmm. that radiation is actually a huge part, like threat to the game. Sure. And like I guess like maybe like death claws and stuff, but, I mean, those are just enemies. They don't really go alongside with radiation and stuff, Mm -hmm. if you catch what I'm saying. No,
1: definitely. Yeah, Yeah. and that's something, I guess, even just from an art design standpoint Mm -hmm. with Fallout, just watching the trailers and stuff, uh, what, Fallout 4 was supposed to take place, like, what, 100, 150 years after the event or something like that? Uh, I can't remember. I, I,
2: I know it took, like, I don't know, 30 years, I would say, about after Fallout 3, I think.
1: Well, no, I mean, after the and explosion. I, and, um, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, and Fall
2: 3 took place, I want to say, 200 years after the explosion.
1: Oh, geez. So it's so even it's, further out than i Yeah, it's
2: probably the furthest out oh in, the, in the chronological timeline, okay. if I'm right.
0: One thing that bothers me about that game is when you tell people that you're from before the explosions took place. They're not, I mean, like, a they'll not be like, they'll it's be like, like oh, yeah, oh yeah, we all are man. Get it's in like, line.
1: <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs>
0: why, why is this like, not a thing? There's like there a couple are so- characters that are mutants that have lived that long because they're radiated <laughs> to hell and they're, back. They're, but they're, they're creepy. Other than uh, yeah. that, I'm surprised nobody's phased it. You're perfectly fine. You have, other unless you give yourself acne and like all these scars and stuff you're just you're daily every, everyday human you know
2: I'm surprised they don't think you're a synth immediately and just shoot you
1: I, that's but what I'd I do. do yeah <laughs> right you, you look like, weird enough that, that synth's a little bloody than bloodier than normal right but <laughs> even though just from the art design sound, uh, aspect I know you were talking about the some vegetation being in Fallout 4 compared to Fallout 3 and stuff but there's definitely more yeah I, it's still not enough like the, the idea of a nuclear wasteland we know for a fact that areas that are impacted by by nuclear fallout don't stay a wasteland that that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Tunguska. Uh not Tunguska. Uh that's different. That's a different event in Russia. Um the nuclear power plant that Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Thank you. Yep. Um yeah, Chernobyl. Uh, if you look at that now and that's only been like 30 40 years, it's completely rebounded in the terms of plant life yeah natural life. yeah no, there are still places that you will die if you yeah, no, walk right in there still, obviously yeah but like, obviously but like, like, as far as
0: plant animals life goes, live there animals are it's, doing okay. They're, they're adapted perfectly fine to it yeah. i mean well, not perfectly fine to it. right yeah there's they they're not they're not growing third legs and <laughs> they're not right <laughs> turning into death claws so
1: right so, I mean, even just that little design aspect was enough for me uh, where, like, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not sure about Fallout 4. I don't know. If they, if they can't even put enough thought into that bit, I'm not sure I trust them for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. It, just but- feels,
2: it just feels inconsistent with me. Like, it doesn't have to be completely factual, but it should stay consistent within the universe. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, you know, everything's pretty much wasted. There's no, there's almost no life in the entire wasteland. But, you know, that, that spot in Mass- Massachusetts, it's doing fine. Yeah. We, we can make farms.
1: all right guys well you know what we are almost at the 50 minute mark guys Oh my! i know right Uh, we we just have been having such a good time talking um Mm -hmm. so you know what I, i think because if we're gonna spend at least as much time talking about choice like i think we are as we did just now um I think maybe we should go ahead and split this up. Maybe maybe choice can be episode two. How do you guys feel about I, that? I, yeah, I'd say totally. Good you, you good idea. for next Thursday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, awesome. All right, all right, guys. Well, I, I think we're what well, that's what we're gonna do, audience. Uh, I, I think we're gonna reconvene on Thursday of next week after our fall break. Uh, get all rested up. Think about choices. Yep. Make some choices. <laughs> that sort of thing. You know. Um, but, uh, yeah, once we come back from that, I think we'll have our, our part two. Uh, as for right now, is there any games that you guys can think of as with their gameplay that like, "Mm, that's just some sweet gameplay and it just makes so much sense with what's going on. Is there anything else that you guys can think of?
2: Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I talked to you once earlier that, uh, fall New Vegas. I like the idea that, you know, whatever plot you're following, you kind of feel that. Uh, and, you know, we're going back to Fallout. It's a different game, whatever. Yeah,
1: no, it's fun. Yeah. yeah,
2: like, the first plot is a revenge plot. <coughs> and you start off, like, with almost nothing. Just the clothes on your back, the guns in your holsters. You might steal something from the doctor. But then you go out, you go on, like, a long a long distance, like this long trail, mm-hmm. just to find the guy. And, like, it, it's kind of an adventure, like a small adventure on its own, going through these places, being like, have you found the guy? And it kind of does feel like an old western which is kind of what the game was trying to do like it's trying to mix westerns with vegas
1: Right. Well, and I've always been told that New Vegas is like if I want to play a Fallout game, that's probably the one I'm going to like.
2: I love New Vegas. It's one of my mm-hmm. it's it's in my top ten games of all time. I feel. But
1: I, I know it's definitely for Fallout fans. It's like mm-hmm. it's either the yeah. worst one or the best one. Like that's more or less <laughs> what I always. I hear. know my friend like hated it because you had to craft
0: your ammo and everything, yeah. and mm. it all mattered so much. And he, I think he likes just the uh, not necessarily running gun, just <laughs> a simpler Fallout game. Sure, mm-hmm. sure.
2: But yeah, and uh, you know. And then, like, you get to this thing, and at the end, you make this ultimate choice, like, am I going to spare him, or am I going to, like, just kill him here and there? And, you know, it, it works really well, and you get to build your character around that and make those choices. And then, later on, you get the second half of the game, which is, like, like making good relations with factions, or blowing them up if you want, right. because, like, you're trying to build up for this war, and it's nice, I, I feel. Awesome. Yeah. That's about what I have to say about that. Yeah, for sure.
0: What do you got? Uh, one thing I realized was like this whole podcast we've been talking uh-huh. about games that give you a lot of choices of what to do. We never talked about a linear story. I mean, other than well, like Metal yeah. Gear is kind of Metal Gear linear, is mostly linear, yeah. But you have the option of what to do. Sure. Well, is Amnesia mostly uh, linear? Oh yeah, Amnesia is very linear. Okay. Um There's like a couple people that you can like you don't see them, but you mm-hmm. can have the option to kill them. Right. Like you pull a lever and you can get through this door, but sure. they die. Or you can find another way. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, one game that I think I have not mentioned today, well, I know I have not mentioned today, I think does this perfectly is if you've ever played Limbo. Limbo. Um, cool. cool. Limbo. Awesome. Now, er, like, to some people, it's just, you know, the platform where you just push stuff, run, it's and... It's just Dark Mario, yeah, right? It's just Dark Mario, It's yeah. just mm-hmm. Dark Mario. But I think the storytelling throughout the gameplay, it, mm-hmm. there's no dialogue in that game no dialogue and it's the the gameplay is telling the story throughout the whole story that you don't Mm -hmm. have to have words to do it and i think it's just i think that game is it's probably in my top five like best games as Mm -hmm. gameplay wise sure even though it's so simple and it just gets a little bit harder Mm -hmm. but i think they did the storytelling with the gameplay just so perfectly
1: out of curiosity have you played inside yet I haven't played. No, it. I have not. Okay, because I've heard that it's very obviously very similar, same mm-hmm. guys doing it, but it's like even better. Like <laughs> so, I know Limbo was one that I, I liked it. It was all right. At the end of the day, I was kind of like not entirely sure what's going on there. But yeah, like <laughs> it's a nice little sit down. Yeah, I, I, I got to the end of it and I was like, wait, wasn't there like a girl we were following or something? <laughs> whatever? Um, but yeah, no, Lim- Limbo is definitely a really cool one. Um, it, definitely a cool one uh, that's just like. A, a, a microcosm, I guess, would be mm-hmm. the way to say it. it's a small little four or five hour adventure or whatever, and it, it really shows off some awesome art, some awesome sound design, and some really cool gameplay.
2: Basically, all I have to say to <clears throat> basically wrap this whole thing up is, if you want to present a game, like story wise, as something that the player should like go through and feel, so that you know you can make this a bit more full of a game, is just make it like. <clears throat> Like, make the gameplay feel as the story should. Like, if the character is struggling, then you should make the player struggle by making the game really hard or, like, making the controls maybe a bit clunkier. I mean, the artsy people will appreciate it. Maybe not just normal people who want to play a game. And, like, if, if you want if you just want to make the game a blast and you want to go, like, sem- sensory overload, you know, power dream, then just do that. Give the player these options. Be like, do more Gunstar Heroes. And just, like, make everything explode and give them a lot of guns. Yeah. For sure. I, I,
1: th- I think I can agree on that. Definitely.
2: Yeah. So,
1: all right, guys. Well, um, that pretty much wraps it up. Yep. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about choices in video games. We touched on it a little bit today. Going to really get into it next week. So. The nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. As for now, guys, uh, find us next week. Same bat channel, same bat place. Have a good night, guys.